1: Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Good morning to you.
2: Hogfanatic.com is brought to you by Patrick Eads and the staff at Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, Mr. Steve Anderson and his crew. Uh, Mike's E-Keys for cars. GT Car and his great crew at Suple's Building and Remodeling. Supers Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROSE. The Midtown Family Restaurants, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, Downtown Iowa City, the Dickens Family. The Sanctuary Pub in South Gilbert. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyokin in of the Umanas, Streets Maintenance. Also, Wild Rose Casino in Clinton. Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. And Dirk Sterner Taxidermy. Pat is late because Scott Boulevard is... <laughs> You know, a mess. Closed. Yeah, closed, a mess. uh, But he'll be here. But here's Tom Souter along with Coach Don Patterson.
3: Well, Coach, obviously a very frustrating um, finish to the football game Saturday. Um, I think two things, too, um, that Iowa, we've said all along that Iowa has to, to do. Is we have to be able to run the ball and we have to take care of the football and not turn the ball over. And we did not do either of those things. Your thoughts?
4: Um, Let me say this. I've had the privilege of coaching 425 college football games in my 37 years of coaching. And I can only count on one hand the games that were absolutely the outcome of the games. That were absolutely affected by the officials. Mm. Uh, first off, for that to happen, clearly, whatever the play might be, it has to happen at the end of the game, right? Yep. If they would have, if they would have um, ruled an invalid signal in the middle of the second quarter, then no one would have thought much about it because we got an entire second half to play, and um, we could have argued even then that that was a stupid interpretation of the rules. But we could at least have had a chance to overcome that that particular call. But in this case, we didn't, of course. We only had a minute left, and we had a chance at that point. We'll discuss the, our last few plays at the end of the game uh, later in the show. But I'm just disappointed that that the officials affected the outcome of the game, and that's what happened.
3: And, you know, you s- It's just – it really is a shame because especially I feel particularly bad for for Cooper DeGene for one of the best football plays I think I've ever seen when his team needed it the the very, very most. And to have the the guy in the booth just take that away from him is is criminal.
4: Yeah. I did think back in 425 games, of course, a lot of things happened. And I do recall uh, through the years – any number of punt returners, typically an inexperienced punt returner. Incidentally, they had an inexperienced punt returner back on their punts. And there's a, one of his punts we want to talk about, too. Um, but here's the the truth. Uh, through the years, an inexperienced punt returner might signal fair catch and then realize, I can't get to the ball. Not hard to imagine that might have happened on Saturday even with the punt into the wind. It's entirely possible. It wouldn't have been... Our punt returner would have been theirs, the more inexperienced returner that might have for a fair catch and then simply misjudged the ball. And then when the ball, if the ball happened to bound to him, he might catch it and actually run with it. And at that point, of course, the officials blow the whistle immediately and they say, no, you can't do that because you signal for a fair catch. Right? I've seen that. I've seen that any number of times. Uh, but it it didn't happen then because... It, it certainly wasn't clearly a signal for a fair catch. It was not a signal for a fair catch. It was simply what they call an invalid signal, and and that's just unfortunate because the whole purpose of the of the rule is let's not let guys deceive the cover team by making some motion that's similar to a fair catch signal. And and Kirk mentioned it even he said it was covered before the game, like it typically always is. A fair catch signal constitutes a hand above the head waving back and forth, right? Right. It's again. Yep. Well, that clearly didn't happen on that play. And in that regard, um, there should have been no whistle to blow the play dead. And for that matter, the return should have stood. Uh, so they, they really started a technicality Uh, that virtually never comes into play. I was trying to think of whether or not I'd ever seen that called in a game, and I don't know that I have. I've certainly seen fair catch. signals. Not hard to imagine on Saturday. Think back to a couple of kick returns for Minnesota. They misjudged the ball into the wind. Remember those? Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah, yes. The ball
4: hits the ground in front. It's a live ball, of course, and, and they scramble to get on it, and everything's okay. But it's not hard to imagine that a punt returner might misjudge a ball the same way.
3: Well, the other thing, too, is, I mean, everybody on the field, including all of the officials, there were no flags thrown. Everybody was playing like, hey, this is a, a punt return, and Cooper to Jean took it to the end zone, and that's a touchdown. And somebody, either in the replay booth or in Philadelphia, decided that, ended up deciding the football game.
4: And that's yeah. not right. I went so far as to say there were 70,000 people at the game I don't think a single one of those 70,000 people came to that same conclusion as it happened in real time. Nope. No one said, oh, my God, I can't believe that Cooper signaled fair catch. Because now that means you can't advance the ball. He didn't signal fair catch. He simply gave his teammates a getaway signal, as we call it. Uh, and, of course, you don't have to think very long back to the ball that bounced off of one of our blockers at Penn State. Yep, yep. And, um... He was simply trying to alert his teammates. the ball's not going very far. The other thing that's frustrating, there is no way in hell that he could fair catch that ball. When, when the ball hit the ground, he must have been at least 15 yards away from it. Um, you know he couldn't get to it if his life depended on it on the fly. I mean, it yeah. bounced one time and it happened to stay in bounds. Uh, and logically, he filled it and tried to make something out of it, and did.
3: And we all know Cooper DeGene in that situation would never call for a fair catch, ever.
4: Correct. Yeah.
3: Well, Pat's joining us here after uh, dodging all of the... Uh... I
6: didn't dodge anything. I was <laughs> caught in it.
3: That's uh, ain't good. Anyway, welcome. Mus- good morning.
6: Muscatine was like the Iowa offense, man. We were going you
4: know, I was going to give Pat credit for dodging traffic, a lot like Cooper... No, it's, um, on
6: that punt return. Don, I didn't do it, though. I was just part of the congregation. Just for listeners, Scott Boulevard is closed from the circle on down to Highway 6. It's closed there, so if you want to avoid that, because there was a lot of cars going from the circle down Muscatine to First Avenue, because that's how far mm, yeah. they detour you. Yeah. So it was kind of a mess. But No, I listened to you guys coming in, and it's funny. I mean, if you talk to Minnesota fans and Minnesota media, it was the right call. I mean, he was clearly waving his arm. It's just, it's, I'm with Don, though. It's unfortunate that it decided this game, the timing of it. He did wave his arm, but he said he didn't. I thought he was telling his teammates to stay away from the ball. He said afterwards he was doing it to keep his balance. Yeah. Which was, I did not expect that answer. I thought that was kind of an unusual answer. I think new, moving forward, they're just going to tell him, don't leave it up to interpretation. Because, Don, don't you think the problem with that rule is it's interpreted differently by different officials at different times of games. Some don't pay any attention to it, whereas this guy used it to decide the game. It's how it's interpreted.
4: Exactly. And, and, again, I would have felt better. Uh, I'll, I'll say it this way. You know, officials, uh, their job is to enforce the rules. Yes. And yet not decide the outcome of the game. Yes. And that particular interpretation did decide, effectively it decided the outcome of the game.
6: Oh, it, 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 I mean, Iowa did have a minute and 20 seconds, but seriously, you knew it was going to end in an interception, didn't you?
4: Well, I, I
3: knew it wasn't going to end in a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I mean
6: and the one thing, this is what I wrote, and I Don, I know I'm not going to put you on the spot, and we can all acknowledge it. Like, um, this play at the end, though, did distract from the – Big story with just how poor – well, actually, both offenses. I, that's what was so ter- – Terrible. Minnesota's quarterback was terrible. Wasn't he, Don, for the most part? He missed so many open receivers on routine – what looked like routine
4: throws. Yeah, I don't think he feels good about his – well, about how he played either.
6: No, yeah. I mean, it was exactly. there.
4: He was 10 for 25, as I recall, versus 10 for 28 or whatever it was for him.
6: And their receivers got better separation than I. Wouldn't you agree uh, with that? Way better. Their receivers well, there were
4: there was a play early in the game. You remember the play? It might have been – was it play one of the game? Let me, I've got my notes here. Let me see. For them, first defensive step. Yeah, first snap of the game. Mm-hmm. We play man tight. The free safety is down on the weak side of the formation. It was a a three-by-one formation, as I recall. Um and we were lucky. It was an overthrow. That's
5: right.
6: Okay. We
4: were, very, we were beaten on a post route yep. by the number two receiver. Yep.
5: Yep,
6: you were. Uh, now, were... our
4: guy gave chase. I, I believe it might have been Castro, as I recall. Uh, but the truth is, he was beaten. We were simply overthrown. And um, and that was one missed opportunity for Minnesota. That was their first snap of the game So on uh... offense.
3: I mean, the first, Iowa's first drive, our offense looked, per, I, I felt, pretty decent. I mean, there were a couple nice passes.
6: Yeah, had 64 yards passing, a 36-yard catch by a receiver. And it I good. said, okay,
3: they're on the right track, and we never fired another shot the rest of the day.
4: Right, that was a 70-yard opening drive. We ended up with 127 total. Yes. So that was clearly our best drive of the day. Um, And it did produce a field goal, of course, to get us started. But it's just unfortunate. Even on that drive, we were a little bit lucky. A third and goal at the five-yard line. You remember the play I'm going to talk about. Uh, We threw late on a drive route. A drive route is a route going across the formation. Yep. That was a very dangerous pass. It felt incomplete, fortunate. But it was a poor decision by Deacon. Uh, Not so much to throw it, but he threw it late.
5: Yeah.
6: yeah, I and remember. You,
4: one thing you learn pretty quickly as a quarterback, you do not throw late into any flat. And he threw late into the, into the far side flat, realizing that the runner, the receiver rather came from the left side and ran across the formation to the right side. But the ball as you recall, was thrown almost at the pylon, right? Really. Yeah,
6: I do remember that. Yep. That's how,
4: it was just a late throw. Yep. You can't do that.
6: Here's some stats that, to me, I mean, LaShawn Williams, 11 carries, 13 yards. Iowa's longest run was seven, seven yards. yards by Deacon Hill. Yes. Quarterback. I mean sneak. it's I mean and Minnesota wasn't great on the ground, Don, but they did finish with 113 net rushing yards. 59 for Taylor, 44 for Evans, 23 for the third team guy. That difference in hundred yards was pretty significant in this game. I mean it set them Absolutely. up for it set them up for yep. field goals. Yep.
4: I promise you over the last twenty years in the Big Ten if you outrush your opponent by hundred or more yards. He went at least 80% of the time.
6: And no matter how few the yards is. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think this was a perfect example of that. But, yeah, he was 10 of 25. The other thing is Hill got sacked four times. Don Kirk was clearly upset with the ball security. Did Deacon wait too long in the – What were those? it looked like those were coverage sacks in a way because the line gave him time. He's got to get out of there and do something, doesn't he?
4: Well, we had, we had um, a protection mistake a couple of times also simple way to explain it, imagine that the line's sliding to the right mm-hmm. and the back is also going to the right. Okay. Well, the only problem is the edge rusher to our left has to be blocked. And there were there were two different occasions when he wasn't blocked where he was a free runner in the backfield. I'm talking about a guy that you certainly would expect to rush. He's, sure, He's sure. the edge rusher, as we call him. Okay. So that's a protection bus somehow. Okay. Either the back needed to go... Um, the other direction or the line needed to slide the other direction. But you clearly can't turn an edge guy on the line of scrimmage. Can't turn him free and we did that twice.
6: Okay, yeah, I do recall that one. But I thought the first fumble, I thought he had time to do something. And they basically go it, it looked like it to me. And an alarm got up there and got it just seems like he was standing there in traffic for
4: Yeah, that's the one where he kind of double clutched. Yes. Yeah it was a deep a deep throw. Let me see if I can find it here. My notes are so
6: I mean the interception at the uh, end. That was the, the end of the game. I mean they were trying to move. To, you know, they get in their own thirty-five. Drew Stevens can make a fifty-fifty-five. That game was not over, but you knew it was over. Well, since yeah.
4: you bring it up, let's talk about it right now. Okay. I'm I'm sitting there at halftime, and and we never go anywhere I'm in our seats. You know, I go to the bathroom before the game, and I'm good until after the game. So uh, I enjoy the the band's performance, but I also pay attention to what's happening with the players on the field. Okay. And Drew Stevens goes out and tees up a ball 51 yards away from the uprights. And he kicks the ball and it goes between the uprights and it it bounces off the crossbar through the goalposts for what would be a touchdown in a game. I'm sorry, a field goal goal. in a game. Uh Right? Yeah. Let me finish my story. That kick was to the north end zone. Okay. That kick was into the wind. Into the wind. My (laughs) point is... It wouldn't be hard for me to believe he would hit from 57 maybe at the end of the game.
6: Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I still think they had a chance.
4: But... And, and just so you know, how many yards do you need to have a 57-yard field goal? We would have needed to move the ball exactly 15 yards. Yeah. That would have put it on the 39-yard line. We would allow eight yards for the snap. Yep. That would be a 57-yard attempt. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet you he would not only get it there, he'd probably make it.
6: That's what I was thinking, too. But the problem is they had two yards. In the, is it two or one? They had either two or one yards in the second half. I mean, it went one first down. I thought two. But, and it, but it was just, way. I mean, and then Minnesota, what do you think of P.J.'s strategy from what you could tell, Don?
4: Well, i I tell you, one faulty bit of strategy was throwing the ball off the nine-yard line at the end of the game.
6: That was strange.
4: That was very strange. Second and nine, they were on the minus 14. Coaching blunder. Potential interception. Allowed Iowa to save a timeout. They ran naked to the right. Uh, the thought being, well, that's a pretty safe play. Well, not the way he reacted to it because he actually threw it a little bit back inside. And the guy closest to the ball was, was Nick Jackson. He couldn't quite get to it, but he was close. It mm-hmm. was enough to scare every Gopher fan of the stadium. Sure. Because that's, that's a ball that might have been intercepted even. And even, even with the incompletion, of course, it allowed us to save a timeout. Since we're talking about the end of the game, let's go ahead and talk about our last few plays. Um, and I think you guys know this. Uh, typically, if I was asked to speak at a clinic a lot of the time, the subject they always wanted to talk about was two-minute offense. And, and, the, and it's not a random reason. They wanted to talk about, me to talk about two-minute offense because it's something we were really, really good at, you mm-hmm. might recall. Mm-hmm. So here's the truth. Uh, we have the ball on our minus 46. We have a minute 33. We have one timeout. Uh, sadly for us, we do get sacked on first down. Uh, I would have recommended that. that's the way our, our quarterbacks would have been coached. I would have told our quarterbacks, listen, if you get sacked on the first play at the end of the game, of our two minute drive, burn the time out. Burn the timeout for a good reason. Sure. It's gonna take time to get those receivers back on side.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And we just we just took minus seven. Now we got second and seventeen. We need to regroup anyway. Because we better come up with a couple of good calls. Or maybe three even, you know right, uh, because let's not forget, third down is no longer a critical down. We got four downs. So yep. here's my point. Even after we get sacked, we need 17 yards. We have three opportunities, second, third, and fourth down. We need to average six yards on three plays. Yep. That's not that hard to do. We can do that. Well, Don't go into panic mode. <laughs> third down is not critical. Fourth down is. Right? Everybody in the stadium knows we're going to go for it if we need to to make a first down because we're not in field goal range. So that was a mistake. And here's what else was a mistake. Um, Should have used the timeout after the sack. I would have recommended that. Because during a timeout we can discuss second and third down calls, and let's face it, the second and third down calls need to come from the quarterback because we don't have time to get them in from the bench.
5: Sure.
4: Picking up 15 yards would have given us a 57-yard field goal attempt on third and 17. Let's you remember the second down play? We got pressure off the short side of the field, as I recall. We threw the ball uh, hurriedly to the to the tight end. To Stringer.
6: Just Stringer. Yeah.
4: The ball fell incomplete, right? That all happened. Yes, and then the interception. Um, And then on third and 17, we threw the interception. Uh, Like you've already heard me say, possession matters more than anything. You have to hang on to the football. Uh, Let's face it, even if we just uh, didn't throw the interception, even if we scrambled around and got sacked on the line of scrimmage, we at least have a Hail Mary opportunity on fourth down. So you got to hang on to the ball. you got to be able to use all four downs because you may need all four downs. But here's the truth. If you go back and look at that third and 17, the interception, Mm -hmm. we had a guy that was very, very open on the field of play. Matter of fact, he's one of our most elusive players. His name's LaShawn Williams. He was five or six yards downfield, back to the left side of the formation. And he was, there wasn't a defender within, I don't know, eight or ten yards of him. So my point is we could have dumped the ball to the back. The back might have even made someone miss and gone for more than 10 yards. Sure, But I can promise you he would have at least gotten half of those 17 yards. If we could simply throw and catch, he would have caught the ball. He's he's got good hands, of course. Uh, Quarterback had enough time to be able to throw that. So the coaching point is do not forget about dump receivers. You see it in the NFL all the time. Uh, they they do a great job of keeping the pressure on the defense mm-hmm. and w- how do they do that? Because they don't throw the ball into coverage. If they have to dump the ball and they have some time to work with or some first or some timeouts to work with, they dump the ball. Third down and seventeen, all you really need to do is at least get half those seventeen yards. You need to do that. Mm-hmm. You need to turn it into fourth and no more than fourth and long. You don't want fourth and extra long. But even a gain of 10 right there looks huge. Because now all of a sudden, if we want to take a shot in the end zone, we can do that. But the truth is, if we got fourth and seven, we can just run a play to gain seven yards and move the chain. Because we still have some time.
5: Yeah. Well,
3: we didn't do a lot of seven-yard gains, though. I mean, the first drive. After the first.
4: That Minnesota did so well in the second half. You remember those times they were converting on third and long? Yes couple of those were throws to the backs.
7: Yeah. Yeah.
4: They he... were. They were They were both thrown short of the line of scrimmage. Uh, maybe not short of the line of scrimmage. One time there was a very good play on their part. Remember the play where they had third and 10, I think it was, and their back slipped out and, and barely made a first down. And it was a good call on their part. They threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, which meant that receivers could be blocking for the the receiver that the, everyone knew was going to get the ball. hmm it was number one. Who slipped down the sideline. Uh, Cooper had a chance to get him on the ground, but Cooper was being blocked. He couldn't quite make the play. <clears throat> the guy ran barely for a first down. They converted three times on their on their drive that set up the game winning field goal. Yeah. That drive incidentally was a sixty yard drive and it wouldn't have happened without the three conversions. I've got a marked here, let me go back and look at them. Third and ten, that's the play I'm talking about. Third and ten on the minus forty-three. Let's back up even more. Third and six on the minus thirty-one. They ran went, went what we call a whip route. It was a route designed for man coverage, so the receiver started inside and then redirected back outside. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've
6: got it. Right uh, in front Jackson
4: of caught the ball with plenty of room to run. Uh, he probably caught it no more than six yards downfield, but he ran a total of twelve. The, the play gained twelve yards from third and six. Mm-hmm. Nice conversion for them. Incidentally, they hadn't been converting all day on third down. Remember that?
5: Yeah.
4: We did a great job of frustrating them. A little bit later in that same drive, third and and 10, minus 43. Zip route to Taylor, caught behind line of scrimmage, allowed for a crack block. Uh, They correctly predicted we were going to be playing man coverage, and they guessed right. So that goes back to just our awareness. Let's be careful about being too predictable about any kind of call. Because they just right they expected man coverage they got man coverage, um, and that's another conversion and they, they gained about 11 yards on that play as I recall. He barely tipped thrown out of bounds on the sideline on their bench.
6: I think there were eight. I think there were 18 three and outs combined. Dallas was keeping he was doing a stat tracker <laughs> during the game counting yeah. the number of three and outs. I think it there, was it was rough. At last count I think there were 18. Have you ever? That many three-and-outs, Don, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of depressing if you're an offensive fan of offense.
4: Yeah. Here's a play that worked for them in a major way. Uh, and, again, it related to them guessing. Now, they they probably guessed a little bit wrong, but not entirely. Uh, play action pass out of the gun, WNX cross. Imagine both receivers uh, on either side of the formation crossing all the way across the field, like yeah. kind of forming an X. Remember that?
6: Yeah, you're talking about the thirty nine yard gain to Jackson?
4: Thirty-nine yard yeah. pass completion. Decent protection. Quarterback had time to step up in the pocket. He
6: made a nice throw.
4: Both safeties both safeties were in what we call inverted positions. They were both rolling down toward the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. We guessed it was going to be a run on second and floor. It was the worst possible call for us because both those receivers ran over the top of those safeties. That's how low the safeties were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when those receivers started moving inside, those our safeties were no more than five yards from the line of scrimmage. They thought it was going to be a run. They clearly guessed it was going to be a run. Uh, the corners gave chase, uh, but they couldn't They couldn't get there. It was simply, they were outflanked. You know, they were outleveraged across the field. Um, you know, one of the things that that I used to always say, I don't care if they have great coverage. We used to have a play that was designed, great play. Matter of fact, I would talk to our coaches about Install it. We used to call it um, 75X and Y cross out of a pro formation. We ran it against Arizona. They had an All-American corner years ago named Chris McAllister. The receiver was Damon Gibson. Uh, it was not only a big play for us, it was a touchdown for us. Uh, so here's Chris McAllister, an All-American corner that was one of the first five picks of the draft. He's beaten by Damon Gibson because what he didn't expect is Damon Gibson was not only going to run across the formation; he was going to do it on the line of scrimmage. In other words, corners don't expect that. They expect if they're going to press on you, they expect vertical routes for starters. Right? You got to defend the fade route, and maybe it's maybe it's a slant route. You know, maybe a receiver steps outside and then runs a slant inside. What they don't expect is for the receiver to run right down the line of scrimmage, <clears throat> and what interferes with them being able to make that play. The tight end, guess what the tight end's doing on the other side of formation? He's running a drive route across the field. And what does that corner have to do when the tight end's coming at him and looking for the ball? He can run through the tight end if he wants to, but it's not going to be flagged as a pick pass because the tight end's looking to the quarterback with his arms out. He's looking to catch a ball. So what does he have to do? He has to bubble over the top of that tight end, and at that point he's beaten. And that's exactly what McAllister did. And Damon beat him to the, it wasn't that close. Damon beat him to the pylon. Game over. That's how we won the game. So that's just smart football because it's a a design pick pass. It's a man beater. You've heard me talk about man beaters. And if there's one thing we have to do this next week, we have to come up with some good man beaters. Because we're going to see it again. You heard me say a week or two ago, guys, Uh, it's a matter of time before somebody commits entirely to defend in our running game, and there's us to throw. And that's precisely what Minnesota did.
6: What I thought was interesting, the 28 passes that Deacon threw, targets, Nico Regani, eight, Deontay Vine, six, Seth Anderson, nine, Estrenga, two, Pascuzzi, one. I mean, obviously the situation at tight end has shifted the focus. Now they're throwing to the guys that they can't complete passes to. And, I mean, they they tried to make the receivers the offense on – Saturday, down, but it just it failed. It, it was
3: great in one
6: drive. Yeah, one drive it worked. Now it took a spectacular catch on the sideline to make that drive keep going. But yeah, he that's did it. True. He did it. But I mean, the targets are pretty telling with what the situation is at tight end.
4: Yeah, that's true. I think as you were calling those numbers, I was adding them up. It sounds like twenty-three balls maybe were thrown to wide receiver. Twenty-three. Really? Yes. 23. Yeah.
6: Twenty-three of the twenty-eight. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and uh, let's give Dickon credit on that on that uh, long. Pass completion to uh, number zero.
7: Great
5: pass. Uh,
4: You know, what made it go, of course, is Deacon was able to extend the play. Uh, You know, Deacon got out of the pocket. Minnesota wouldn't have been happy with their defense on that play because what you don't want to do is lose contain. You know, you don't want to give the quarterback a chance to have all kinds of time outside the pocket.
7: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, But he did, and uh, he made a a throw that you couldn't even argue it was a great throw. It was more than that—a great catch.
6: Yeah, it was a great mm. catch. Um, it really was. But at
4: least they can give our receiver a chance to make that play, and
6: yeah, and
4: uh, and he did. Great play on the on the part of our receiver.
6: Iowa had 18 yards after the catch, but now let's do a, a fun, a happy statistic. Well, you don't like your punter punting nine times, no. Tory averaged 49.3. Four inside the 20, five traveled the other five, and five traveled further than 50 yards. I mean, he's just.
3: And that one downed at the one. At the was one just inch incredible. line I mean,
6: Don, I mean, this may have been his best performance and it just seems like we keep saying that every week. He's just getting better and better. And I watch NFL guys punt. They got nothing on him.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I can't help but wonder. I'm 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 wondering about this. You heard me say before, the only problem with the end over end kick is when you have to make that kick into a strong wind.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh obviously there's some there's some considerable wind wind resistance. Because the ball's turning end over end, that's one argument for being able to spin the ball. Uh, because let's face it, a, a ball that's being spun is no different than a a pass that's being spun by a quarterback. It's got a better chance to bore through the wind, right? Yes. Now it still worked out okay because some of those pots they did get knocked down pretty quickly. Matter of fact, uh, this game Tory benefited from quite a bit of yardage that was roll yardage on the yeah. ground. Yeah, he did. Um, so. Uh, I was just – I was wondering maybe end of the win if he wouldn't go with a traditional punt because I've seen him hit that punt. And to be honest with you, I think the NFL is going to want to know that he can hit those punts too, the traditional punt as well as the end-over-end punt. But for whatever reason, he punted end-over-end, I believe, every last nine nine times.
6: Yeah, it's amazing how he can manipulate the roll of the ball. I mean, he does it so often to where it's not just luck. I mean, he is manipulating the roll of that ball. It's incredible. Okay, so, Don, they got to – They got two weeks now. They got an extra week with this being the bye week. What do they do this week? What, what do you believe the emphasis will be this week? And I wanna, a lot of people are asking me why they don't give Labus a chance. I'm not at practice every day. Kirk made it obvious after Saturday's game that Deacon is practicing better than Labus. At least that's, the, that's what he's basically saying. I'm to the point, though, but what would it hurt? How could it be worse? I mean, worse?
3: He, Joey played a, a decent game against Kentucky.
6: Yeah, he was serviceable. He was better than what Deacon Hill. did. That's right. So I don't want to put you on the spot, Don, but what do you think they work on, and do you think Labus will get a chance?
4: Well, Joey, talking about Kentucky, uh, I hate for people to say, Joey won the Kentucky game for us. That's not really a fair thing to say. No. Let's remember, two of our three touchdowns were defensive. Yes, no, he did game. not win. He just didn't lose it. Yeah, he Correct. didn't win it. Yeah, he, he did a good job of, of not getting his beat. And sometimes quarterback. Let's face it, quarterbacks are in position to get you beat.
5: Oh, without question. Because
4: touching the ball on every, every play. Uh, matter of fact... You know, if you want to be really honest about the game or how it unfolded, there were any number of passes that were very much at risk. There were balls that were thrown that were absolutely poor decisions on the part of Deacon. Yeah. Now that's not that's not a shocker because he doesn't have that much game experience. But I just want to be sure that that um, if you go back and look at the game, there were no less than I, I for sure would have had him for three or four poor decisions. Mm-hmm. And poor decisions are decisions that can get you beat. And typically, it was a ball that was thrown into into traffic. Maybe they didn't end up with it, but they had a chance to get it. Yeah. And you can think of several of those. Oh, I know. I'm where
6: well, They were deflected. and You're oh god, is anyone really going to catch that? Okay, so this week, I mean, do you just refine? I mean, they're, obviously, they're not going to have time. I mean, I think there's a hope that they're going to put in all these new play, and that's not going to happen. I mean, what do you think they emphasize this 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 week? Without the Well, opponent.
4: things that come to mind for me, for, for Deacon, one of Deacon's problems right now, it um, tends to stir down receivers too much. Mm-hmm. So eye control is a problem. And, you know, you can't really work on it on a normal game week, but at least we got the extra week. So it's something we could concentrate on this week. Uh, being able to look off defenders. Simple example, of course, if you're going to throw the ball down the field, uh, let's imagine it's man-free coverage again. You heard me say this from the previous week,
7: mm-hmm.
4: or maybe two weeks earlier. Uh, remember the first play of the game? What game was it? Was it Purdue? I believe. we threw. He threw the ball maybe 70 yards downfield a long way. But the only negative on the play, uh, he looked left the whole time. He threw left. And that free safety was the guy that had the best chance for the ball. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we overthrew him also. Remember that play? <laughs> yeah,
3: I do uh, remember. We overthrew him by a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it went over everyone's head. It went over our receiver's head. It went over the corner's head. But the deeper guy that had the best chance to intercept was the free safety. He, why was he over there? Because because Deacon never looked, never looked him off. And that's Deacon's man. Man free, the quarterback's got to control that free safety with his eyes. Because mm-hmm. if you want to throw left, you better start off by looking right. Because that free safety needs to be drifting to your right, away from where you're going to throw. Hope that
6: makes sense. Oh no, it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. And I don't want to turn this into yeah. a rip Deacon. No, I mean no. he's in a tough situation. I don't think he expected to be playing right now. He is way well, ahead of his, schedule.
4: You're right. Uh, I may sound critical of Deacon, and I guess I am critical. Well, of you got to be critical. To, he I'm, played poorly. I'm, I'm trying to be constructively criti- sure. critical.
6: Sure, and I and you're doing good at it. I mean, you're being fine. I mean, Donnie performed poorly. I mean, he's a big kid. He can take it. He even said it. But he must be the well, best they've got. I don't buy this narrative that Kirk is not playing Labus, even though he's better. Deacon must do better in practice. That's why he's playing, right?
4: Well, obviously, if, uh, I don't know how, how often they can make support poor decision in practice. The only, the only caution I would would give to the to the coaching staff is try to make practice more game like if you can. Sure. Don't give him. I'll give you an example. We used to script up practice sometimes. We would script up plays against the toughest possible look because we want to be sure, Okay, here's what they might do. You know, we don't want this play to run against this particular look, but we better practice it just so our quarterback understands. Listen, if we get this particular look, you better think twice about throwing to that primary receiver Mm -hmm. because this is a defense that's ideal to defend this particular play. That may sound crazy, but you're trying to prepare quarterbacks for the the toughest spot. That makes sense. I'll give you a prime example. Years and years ago, um, Chuck Hartley um, was our quarterback, and somehow I was able. To, and then, and then, as you know, uh, Chuck finished with with Bill Snyder as his coach, and then um, Bill left for K-State, and Chuck was. Uh, I believe it must have been in the spring. He was at a spring practice, I think. Maybe it was somehow a, a, a camp practice in August, but somehow I ended up talking to Chuck Hartley about scripting for practice. And I simply, I, I'm pretty sure it was spring, because what I what we used to do in the old days, back in the '80s, we would script for practice and maybe imagine eight plays in a set. Imagine the first four, four plays are one particular coverage, and then the last four plays of the set are another four plays against a different coverage. Uh, and my point, is, and that was the way we did it. And I'm not being critical of Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder's a great football coach. He's a Hall of Fame football coach. But when I had the chance when Bill was gone, I actually asked Chuck. I said, Chuck, I got a question for you. since you just finished up your career, and as I recall, he was maybe a two-time All-Big Ten quarterback. So he had pretty good success as a quarterback. And I said, I got one question for you. Would it have been helpful in practice if we would have changed the coverage every play from one snap to the next? And he said, yes, it would be, Coach. Because he said, I'll admit, you get kind of lazy mentally, and you know, the first play of the set was cover two, so you're pretty sure, based on how you know practice goes, you're pretty sure the next three plays are going to be cover two also. Well, you know, that was all I needed to hear because my thoughts were we need to make practice more game-like. We need to change the defense every play, and that's a little bit hard. That's a burden for the scout scout team, but you got to just rely on those scout team guys to pay attention and the, and the, the GAs that are running the scout team, they got to be able to orchestrate that thing well enough to know we're getting a great performance out of the scout team because we're making it kind of game. Like we're changing the defense every play. Yeah. Well, that's what happens in a game. The defense is changed from one play to the next. So you're simply making the practice more game. Like uh, that's a good idea. If you can get that done. Yeah. Um, so, um, so hopefully practice can be a little more game-like. At the very least, you tell the defense, okay, I want you guys to fly around to the ball. Uh, and, you know, you don't want to get anybody injured in practice. But scout team, make it as hard on our, on our offense as we can. If you can contest the throw, if you have a chance to intercept the pass, don't pull away from the play. Try to make the play because you're trying to send a message to the quarterback. That's a dangerous throw. Uh, just last Wednesday, I was at practice and I saw a ball. I was standing with Greg Morris and, and um, uh, actually the de- the scout team defensive back. He actually reacted, thinking, you know, he ran right by me. He was three yards away from me. It was a goal line situation. The ball was thrown a little bit late, toward the pylon, and he's sitting there thinking, I believe I could have gotten that in the game. Well, you know, obviously that's a that's a poor decision by our quarterback. at the scout team guy thinks he might have been able to intercept the pass, so we just need to make the practices more game-like. Uh, and I'm not saying exactly game-like. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but at least DBs support hard to the ball. You know, don't don't light up your teammate. But if you have a chance to get to the ball and break it up, then do. But don't, you know, don't ex- expose our a receiver to a hard hit, avoid that. But if you can break up the pass, break up the pass, you know, because you're, you're trying to be sure the quarterback understands that's a dangerous throw. And speaking of. Maybe I could have. Go ahead. Maybe I could have gotten that ball. Well, speak,
6: speaking of quarterbacks, I wrote something yesterday, and Don, you're right. You, you'll know this. I mean, from 83 to 91, Iowa had three quarterbacks make first team all Big Ten seven times. Since yeah. then, the only quarterbacks that have made first team All Big Ten are Brad Banks in 2002, Tate. Drew Tate in 2004. Matt Sherman made second team in '96. CJ Beathard made second team in 2015. How do you explain that, Don? That's nearly 30 years now, and it's not just a, I'm not just picking on Kirk. Even in the second half of Hayden, he didn't produce the All Big as much as he did the first. What do you attribute that to, or is there a simple well, explanation? I, well, Matt
4: Sherman, you mentioned Matt was not first team. He uh, made second team, and Matt. And yet Matt Rogers was first team twice. Yes. And Chuck Hurley was first team twice. twice is 80, yeah, eighty seven, eighty eight, <laughs>
6: Rogers ninety, ninety
4: one. Yeah, not to mention Chuck Long first team. Three times. Yeah. So uh That's the seven I think I I think I can honestly say this. I think Matt uh Matt Sherman was an outstanding quarterback. Uh I think honestly, maybe the difference between being first team all conference and second team all conference is maybe not having quite as good a supporting cast. Uh, I think Matt Sherman played with a, a group of offensive players that were still good, obviously, but maybe not quite as good as what Matt Rogers had.
6: Really? Okay, because he did uh, have Cedric Shaw, Tim Dwight, and Tavian Banks.
4: Yeah, he had good ones too, but let's not forget, the big guys up front count also. Oh, Yeah, yeah
3: for
6: sure.
4: You know, so I think maybe – it's kind of – how do you quantify it? It's impossible. Okay, but even if you do quantify. make Sherman
6: first team all Big Ten, that's still th- almost 30 years. I think it's fair to say, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but they don't seem to be developing quarterbacks like they used to, or it seems like the game has changed maybe a little bit. I talked to some people yesterday, and they used the word antiquated, and they think that limits quarterback growth. Like I said, I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, do, is there – I mean, your what's your thoughts on that if you –
4: well, you've heard me. You've even asked me, Pat. Coach, give me some ideas. How can we make the offense better? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've said um, more consistently maybe than any other single thing is uh, just take steps to expand the offense a little bit, to develop maybe a few more plays that can give us an edge, um, you know, to to make us a little more difficult to defend simply because people don't have quite such a good idea about what's coming.
6: Okay. No, that makes Uh, sense.
5: Yeah,
4: that's a that's a a simple answer, and that's something that can be done. Just to you know to spend a little more time developing maybe just a a handful of plays that are not part of the game plan that would be able to help us. Uh, You know, honestly, I try to think of the difference in our offense back in the '80s and '90s versus now, and I think one thing that makes it a little bit harder for the quarterbacks. Is maybe they don't have quite as many plays to draw from. I'm pretty sure they don't. Uh, I'm basing it just on watching a lot of games and reflecting back on the past. Okay. Um, I think that could help us, honestly. And I believe me, I'm not trying to say we had all the answers and these coaches don't. Oh, no, I get no. Simply, I, I mean, it makes. I'm sense. simply being honest about what can sure. help us right now. To to be a better, a, a, a better offense of what we are.
6: And I'm going to say, and I, I don't want to sound like Steve Alford on this, because Brian Ferentz has issues. But to me, there were a lot of plays Saturday that I thought were more lack of execution than lack of strategy. I thought they're, they were designed okay. They just didn't execute. Am I being fair on that? Because, I, I mean, coaches deserve blame, too. Don't get me wrong. Brian's got a mess on his hands. But I
4: just think... Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of responsibility that can go around. I'll give you a simple example. Uh, The route running can be better. Yes. You know, let's not not put it all in the quarterbacks. Route running can be better. Uh, And so really it boils down to this. Is there any way you can refine your route running so that you get more separation of what you're getting? Uh, Yeah, it involves sharper cuts. It involves, uh, you know, being more efficient about exactly how you run your routes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not rolling into particular routes, but making sharper cuts, defining those cuts with sharper breaks, uh, you know, it uh, gets into schemes, too. You've heard me talk about man beaters. If you're going to see a lot of man coverage, you better have a lot. You need to scare them out of man coverage.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, how do you scare them out? You, uh, you've heard me tell the story many times. Miami of Florida says, we're not going to play man against you guys. You've got too many man beaters. That's a quote from the defensive coordinator. Uh, and I knew right then, I knew, our offense is in a good place because teams in the Big Ten are going to be afraid to play man coverage against us because we got too many ways to get to them. Um, so we have an off week now; we can come up with more man beaters and make us more difficult to defend going forward than what we were, even even on Saturday.
3: Okay, we need to. Uh... Talk about the running game. Well, I was just
6: going to say. I mean, I was. You read my mind because uh, you were all hopeful, and I was not. I, I, I was. I needed to see more.
3: I had seen a couple of games. Yeah, looks
4: like three hundred eighty-one and
6: yep. back to, yeah, combined,
3: and then okay. just nothing.
4: Um, I think two two reasons come to mind. Okay, I got to give Minnesota's front four credit for maybe being a little more difficult to move than Wisconsin's.
5: Yeah, no,
6: they play their uh, ad. They they play their well. front I think it all starts yeah.
4: there. Uh, we, we had more difficulty with the down, with the down linemen. Mm-hmm. I think that's safe to say. But the other reason we didn't run the ball worth a dang is because we were outnumbered all the time. Yeah. The box was loaded. Those safeties, one of those two safeties was down every time. Incidentally, we did it to Minnesota also. Mm-hmm. We rolled our safeties down. Typically, we rolled one safety down in just about every play. Yeah. You know, so we were, we were doing a good job of packing the box, too. Uh, one time we, play, we played dearly for it because we had both safeties down. That's when we got hit on X, on, on the W cross, mm-hmm. you know, for the big end of the 39-yarder. So they got us one time. But in general, we rolled one of our two safeties down. Uh, looked to me like our basic plan in shotgun was if the back's offset to the right, then let's face it, if, if he's going to carry the ball uh, and it's a shotgun formation – He's more likely run to run the ball to our left. It seemed like we were rolling the safety down away from where the back was lined up, which would make sense because more often than not, the ball was being run away from where he lined up. Does that makes sense.
6: Oh no, 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 that makes total sense. Yeah. I'm...
4: Yeah. So, um, so they were effective against us because they were outnumbered us, and they were they were getting some good play out of their their down guys. Uh, so we didn't have a lot of good running lanes. Uh, The backs tried. The backs tried hard. Sure, Uh, but we simply, you know, we simply were outnumbered most of the day, and that's why we struggle. We also struggle with protection, as we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a couple of protections. What's left? Absolutely unsound, and we had some what you might call coverage sacks too. Uh, But you know, we struggled to to put pressure on their quarterback. We did okay with it. We we got three, three sacks ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. The bad news is they got four sacks, yeah. and they pressured us. They had more pressures. We had pressures. Incidentally, uh, hats off to Joe Evans. Joe yeah. Evans, he, played. he had himself a game. He sure did. He did. I don't even know what his stats were, but I just well, here, I'll I just appreciate, for I got him.
5: I'll, I'll
6: look I for appreciate
4: him. exceptional effort. He gave exceptional effort.
6: He really does. I mean, he is such a leader on and off the field and his pursuit is just it's it's nonstop. He, okay, let's see. Joe, um Jay well let's just start with Jay Higgins, 14 total tackles, two solo, twelve assisted. Deontay Craig had eight tackles. Castro had seven. Joe Evans had six tackles and one quarterback hurry, one tackle for loss. So yeah, he and and um one sack. So he yeah, he stuffed the stat sheet. But there's so many other plays Don that don't really maybe come down as a stat for him where he causes the quarterback to be uncomfortable and to move out of his comfort zone where you don't really – You're t- right. He's
4: pretty relentless with his pass runs. He, he really is.
6: He really is. Okay, so – and I don't want – we've, we've talked about the quarterback, but this offensive line has combined for hundreds of starts. I mean, hundreds. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna all be seniors now. I mean, most of them will be seniors. They're not young anymore. I mean, are you concerned about the development of the offensive line or am I overreacting to what I saw Saturday?
4: Well, I you know I think our coaches are concerned about about improvement at all positions. I don't think there are too many. Maybe there's a few guys on defense there's definitely not a whole lot of room for improvement anymore because they're playing at a high level. They really long. are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Higgins comes to mind. You got to give him a lot of credit for, um, you know, for being such a such a good player. He's so Boran, consistent. It comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Very consistent with his play. Um, so, um but other players in general, you know, they have it depends on the position, but they individually have different things to work on. I'm sure the coach, that's the beauty of the of the the off week. It's gonna help us. You heard me say a week ago, I'm a little bit concerned about the Gophers. Yes. In part because they got the extra practice week. You did. They got more time to game plan for us. Uh but that that off week you can typically go back and just work on work really hard on fundamentals. And focus on what we need to do better. And every player, you know, has a different set of of uh, priorities for that off week. You know, what what do I need to work on? It might be something entirely different than another player at my position. Sure. Uh, but that's where the coaches come in, and they they give specific uh, input to the players on what they need to work on the most. And of course, they set up drills to be able to do it.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So we all have different things to work on, depending on what position we play. But this is the way to go back and really focus on fundamentals. Uh, also, of course, guys that are a little bit dinged up, we have a chance yeah. to give them some some rest and, and get them back into better shape to play games and get re-energized for this last four.
6: And I know some fans aren't going to want to hear this. The world, They could go 10-2, and two, and it would not require beating a good team, but they nope. could lose. I'm now more convinced. We good. could now, finish 6-6. Six six. They won't, though, but they could. I mean, these last four games... I think Saturday's game showed you that nothing's for sure now.
3: No, that's for
4: sure. Yeah, and and Kirk correctly said a week ago, none of these games are going to come easy. We're going to have to fight. He did. And 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 claw and scratch for every last one of them. That's got to be our approach. We need to have the same mindset that we had for Wisconsin.
6: Exactly. Kirk never sugarcoats it. Forward. No, he's been very straightforward about how you know, guys. These games are going to be tough because
4: I think yeah. he sees
6: the offense every day in practice. Yeah, he does.
4: I mean, I don't mean yeah, that to be I don't a smartass. I don't think against Minnesota, we weren't short on effort. Oh, never! You know, our guys were giving great effort. Uh, you know, could we play a little bit smarter? Sure, but there's always room for improvement in that area. Uh, could we protect the ball better? Well, we all know if we're minus three on turnovers. I'd, I'd be curious. We're not minus three on turnovers very often. Not very at all. often. Yeah.
5: Uh,
4: but when it happens, I'd like to find out about the last time we won when we were minus three. Truthfully. The best teams in our league have a hard time winning if they're minus three. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, ask them if they can win at minus three also. It's hard to do.
6: It's also hard to do when you're one of 16 on third down like Penn State was against Ohio State. Well, After the game, oh, this was probably a good 45 minutes to an hour after the game. It was weird. I looked down from the press box. PJ Flex just standing in the middle of the field. It looked like he was on a cell phone. Maybe he was doing some type of post game. Re- it was just weird. though. I don't know if he was just soaking it all in because he finally beat Iowa, beat them on their home field. But it was weird that I've never, I don't recall ever seeing the head coach from the opposing team on the middle of the field at Kinnick Stadium an hour after the game. It was just odd.
4: Yeah. So you're you're guessing they were holding the bus for him at least. Oh, he I know they were holding the bus for ride. him. He didn't miss his ride. Um. I don't know. Who knows about P.J.? You know, I've known P.J. ever since he was a player. And one thing I greatly appreciate about Kirk Ferentz compared to P.J., uh, Kirk Ferentz understands this game is all about the players. Mm -hmm. It's not about the coaches. And I think sometimes P.J. gets gets a little bit self-absorbed, let's say. He's not the only one in the Big Ten, incidentally. I can think of at least one other one. Uh, But he'll remain nameless. I shouldn't have called out P.J., but I I think that's one
6: of the big criticisms with him. Now there is a good side of PJ too. I mean he, I mean the way they they're the ones that really got that wave going for the teams. Remember that back in two thousand seven. And did you see him Saturday? Oh yeah. He he got that whole team out. Great. I mean and and and, um, he because I don't prior to that in seventeen Iowa wasn't waving as a team. And I once they started doing it, then I think Iowa you know we need to do this too if I remember correctly. But no, they showed the celebration in the locker room. They showed him coming in. And they lift him up, and you know, like they do at concerts, they what are they body surfing? Yeah, you imagine Kirk body surfing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, did you ever body surf Don after a win? No, okay, Tom, what do you got?
3: I just wanted to ask you, okay, so. Minnesota loads up the box and completely stops us from running
6: all day long. But other teams run against loaded boxes. So
3: that's, I see it all the time. And that's the question. So what are we doing wrong? Because you know Northwestern's gonna load the box up against us, so what are we gonna do And, and to- Don
6: teams loaded the box against Barry Alvarez's Wisconsin teams all the time and they still ran. What's yeah. what's yeah. not
4: happening? Well well you you're you're right. I mean if you've got if you've got an All-American running back and they had several All-American running backs, sometimes you don't even mind saying, okay, this particular defender belongs to you. You know, We're going to block these seven. We only have seven blockers. We have five linemen, a tight end, and a fullback. Uh, We can block seven. We can't block eight. So here's the guy that belongs to you, running back. And uh, they'd run it anyway. And sometimes, of course, he'd he'd run over the guy or juke the guy, and they'd still make a big play. Mm -hmm. You're right. Um so um, you know the bottom line is we have to we have to um uh' say it this way you know if they're gonna if of course, if you stack the box and typically it's it's man coverage or man or man free coverage mm-hmm. um and so uh the question is if you're looking at a lot of man coverage outside, now you need to put a lot of thought into let's let's find the best possible matchup we can, let's not just find it. Let's not just rely on looking out at, at the at the formation and deciding right before the ball snaps who it is. Let's decide by how we call the play. Okay. In other words, let's let's think back to Nebraska a year ago. Uh, Cooper DeGene gets injured, and and the offensive Whipple, Mark Whipple, Mark Whipple does a good job. He puts their best receiver, their thousand yard receiver. Against our inexperienced corners. Mm-hmm. Who's
6: now in the and NFL, that play. receiver.
5: Yeah.
4: Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, no. right. I mean, it
6: was TJ, wasn't it, Don?
4: Yes. It was TJ, and then it was TJ's replacement, whoever he was. They ja- made him ball. Was that
6: Jackson Ritter? Was that the replacement?
4: Uh, I can't remember, I but don't... it was just smart football. On it was, part.
6: and that receiver's now yeah. in the NFL.
4: Yeah, so we can do the same thing. If their corners are left and right, okay, let's figure out which receiver do we want matched up against which corner. hmm And in a key situation, we expect man coverage. Let's be sure we get that matchup. It's not that hard to do. If the corners play left and right, let's just be sure that the right receiver lines up on that side of the formation. Or maybe the right receivers. Maybe there's one inside and one outside, and you're attacking that inside defender with the inside receiver. Right? You can do that. Typically, that would be a safety manned up on an inside receiver. Sometimes the matchup's better. So the point is you fabricate. You engineer the matchups that give you the best advantage. And those are the ones that that um, are more likely to pay off for It doesn't guarantee you're going to hit a big play, but it gives you your best shot. Do
6: you guys remember the play where Sean William, LaShawn Williams got the ball off left tackle? A big hole started to open up as he was running toward the Minnesota sideline. Then all of a sudden, that Minnesota linebacker came up and made a great individual. Yes. Had he not made that tackle, LaShawn was gone. Do you remember that call, play, Don? It was early in the yes, first half. I do. That's yes, just I great do. individual play, right? That was a play where the linebacker just made a great play because the play call worked.
4: And let's face it, even then, I'm assuming that was one of those five yard gains we gained. He
6: did gain about four or five on that play, yeah. But it looked because yeah, no
4: running back, no running back gained more than five, right? That was our long gain for the day, uh, aside from the quarterback sneak. Incidentally, don't anybody tell you, well, my gosh, why wouldn't we? We could, we just stuck for seven yards. Why wouldn't we? We go for a quarterback sneak on third and one out at midfield. That one I well, didn't
6: the only understand. Difference,
4: the only difference, it was second and one, and they didn't expect a quarterback sneak. Let's face it, that was on a drive when the clock's running down. Mm-hmm. That was the least of their worries as a quarterback sneak on second and one. That's why it went for seven yards, because they didn't expect it.
7: Yeah, no, you're right.
4: But I promise you this, on third and one, they're ready for a quarterback sneak. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you think it's going to be an easy yard, all you got to do is reflect back on those goal line sneaks. We had a hard time getting any yeah. right down there.
7: You did.
5: And,
4: and I promise you, third and one or fourth and one out in the field, if the, if you go underneath the center, uh, you know, they're prepared for a sneak. And it's, you might gain that yard, but you might not. And like you've heard me say before, I, I support Kirk on those calls. I would have punted the ball away, too.
6: Oh, I would have, too. I had no problem want, with that. I had no problem with it. I
4: always want you to go for it. But like you've heard me say, even if you convert on third and one, what makes you think you can – follow that up with another first down. Yeah,
6: I had no problem you know, with that we,
4: problem. we started to make first downs, you might have to punt four downs later anyway. And in the meantime you jeopardize losing the ball at midfield. You know, let's give our let's give Cooper a chance to down the ball on the one yard line. Incidentally, after the after we downed it on the one, that's when we got the short field. Yep. And that's when we scored the
3: touchdown. Well, and keep in mind, too, they gave us 35 yards on that.
6: Actually, 30, 34.
8: 34 oh, sorry.
6: I, The drive started at the Minnesota 46, 34 yards. Yeah, Minnesota played. They
3: gave that touchdown to
6: us. They, they did. And before we wrap up, um, I can't believe the hour's up already. I, I got to ask about a former – what happened to Illinois against Wisconsin? I, Dallas tells me they're leading 21-7 to going into the fourth quarter. They lose 25-21. Have you had a chance to look at all about that game, Don, look at anything about I that
4: game? And I have not. One thing I will do is I'll look at the condensed version on the Big Ten Network. Okay. I, I look at most of the games on the condensed version, you know, just to get an idea of how all the, all the games uh, uh, played out. Incidentally, I did watch the end of the Penn State game last night, and uh, what was impressive, uh, it's pretty amazing that physically it, it, it was a one-score game, right, 20-12. to mm mm-hmm. The reality, of course, is they would have had to recover an onside kick to even have a chance to make it a tie game. Uh, but what was amazing when I saw the stats: one for sixteen, is that right? On one for sixteen down? on third, third downs.
6: Down. Penn yeah. State was,
4: and and, and I believe forty-three percent completion. Yeah. Uh, I did say, and I think I think this is a true statement. This is probably the best defense that Ohio State's had yeah. in ten years. Yeah, they're good. Uh, and, and that doesn't guarantee they'll beat Michigan, but it certainly gives them a good chance. Uh, because they're playing better complementary football than they played a year ago.
6: Okay, my last yeah, question. I'm sorry, my, but my right. last question: um, the Michigan situation with the 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 alleged uh, stealing stealing signals. of signs. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? As a former college coach,
4: well, you know, I don't know much at all. I only know what I've read here and there. But here's: I couldn't help. I kind of chuckled when I read this. You're probably aware uh, the culprit maybe is a guy that's a Retired military, you hear that?
6: I have not. I haven't read that closely, but no, I have supposedly not heard.
4: A re, supposedly a retired Marine is involved. Okay. Uh, that also is working for them as an analyst. My gosh, that sounds a little bit like Coach Pedro doing analytics for Iowa. <laughs> uh, but I, I want to assure our fans, uh, I'm not a salaried employee of the athletic department and don't need to be. I just want to help out as best I can with analytics uh, and the part that really disturbed me, it sounded like what happened, uh, is that people, this is the accusation, and I, I have to stress this, what do I know? I only know what it's they, just an allegation, Yeah, an accusation. Yep. It's an allegation, nothing more. There may not be one ounce of truth to it, but I did read somewhere, some kind of compelling story about people that were working on behalf of Michigan going out in the stadiums that, uh, future opponents were in yes, playing. Yes,
6: that's the charge.
4: And, and uh, my guess is what they were doing, uh, and the obvious question is well, what, how much good can they be? But well, what they could do, and this, is, this comes to mind for me, and maybe this means I'm a devious mind, but I don't think so. I'm just kind of a logical thinker. What they could do that would have value, they could video the signal guy every play of a game and then go back and marry up those signals sure. with what actually happened off the of a TV copy, even in the game. They wouldn't even need a game copy. Mm-hmm. But, of course, let's face it, Michigan has a game copy of every play, two angles, both an end zone and a side angle of every play in the game. It wouldn't be hard at all to marry up those signals that you videotaped in a game and put them with uh, those, those plays that were run. Interesting. So, and that is absolutely uh, uh, an extreme violation of the rules of uh, of all rules relating to ethics. Uh, you know, somebody should be severely punished for doing that. If if Michigan did that, they deserve to be punished with suspensions and no chance to play anybody ever in a bowl game, at least for in the near term. You know, I don't know how long. Yeah, no, that it'll punishment be... should be, but it should certainly be a severe punishment.
6: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays yeah, it out. Sure will. So, well, Don, great yeah. stuff as usual. Well, um, next, I mean, I assume we'll meet, even though there's na- or do we oh, take? Na- oh, yeah, we'll sure. do it. Let's do it again. We'll, we'll talk about all the other Big Ten stuff. We'll talk about uh, if we get any access to Iowa um, stuff this week, what have you. I'm not sure if they're going to make Brian, or I'm not sure who's left as far as assistant coaches. But no, we'll do this again Monday. At least we won't have to talk about a loss. Yeah, that's
4: I mean, true. So yeah, the- let me give, let me give our fans some some. Um, Positive outlook on what might happen over this next this next five weeks. We're off this week, that means we're healthier than we've been lately. For the for the Northwestern game, uh, we then have four games uh, that we are are capable of losing, of course, because competition in the Big Ten is tough. Week after week after week, I don't care who you're playing, you're going to be challenged on game day. Uh, but but we also have a chance to win all four of these games. Absolutely, have a chance to do it. I didn't go so far as to say we have a pretty good chance of doing it because our guys are going to be more determined than ever. We're going to have a chance to um, to get healthier than we've been lately because you do get worn down over the course of a season. Some of these other teams, uh, Minnesota's a prime example. Minnesota got recharged a week ago, and that helped them against us. So we have a chance to recharge now. We have a chance to win out. I would suggest to you, yeah, there's a chance somebody else can Represent regardless of what we do, but the truth is, if we go four and zero, I'm pretty sure we're still going to be in Indy. I can't guarantee that. It's conceivable. I think it's mathematically. Would Wisconsin have to lose? Has to Wisconsin, has to Wisconsin
3: has to play Ohio State this coming Saturday. Yeah. So they, yeah. And, and Minnesota the, has to play Ohio State also. And
6: Iowa would have the tiebreaker over yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah.
3: So yeah, I mean, yeah, no. They
4: said if we can win out, if we can win out. Now there are other teams that only have two losses also. Um, I believe Nebraska's Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska, is four and
6: three, right? Yeah. Now. So yeah, no. There's a lot of football left. There's no reason yeah. to give up on this team. But I do feel for the fans because the offense is tough to watch. It is what it is. But now they got a week to see if they can kind of fix things, and hopefully they will. And but
4: but here's a reason for optimism. If we can find a way to win these last four games, and we can certainly find a way to do that, mm-hmm. uh, will it be easy? Hell no, it won't be easy. It's never easy. But we if we can do that. I'd be willing to bet you that we're going to be representing the West.
6: Okay. Well, hopefully okay. That- hopefully that'll be the case. Great stuff as usual, Donnie. And we'll talk to you next Monday. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks, Coach. And we'll take
3: a quick break, and we will be right back. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. one 800, 800 Rose. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800 Rose. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800 Rose.
8: Remember for a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime. Find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers. We
1: can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry and watches.
8: Our jewelers are on site so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life.
1: We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for 3 generations.
8: Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City and hertineandstockerjewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim or Kate. One of us is always there.
3: Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex.
1: We're brewing up the winnings at Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. And this month is no exception. Earn entries all month long for the $12,500 Cauldron of Cash Drawing on Saturday, October 28th. $500 cash hourly winners beginning at noon, and one lucky winner walks away with $7,500 cash at 10 p.m. See Club Wild for details. Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Clinton. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
9: Hi, this is Jill Stern with Sterner Taxidermy in Lone Tree. It's hunting season again, and I'm inviting all of you hunters to follow us on our Facebook page. You can view Dirk's award-winning artistry, his workmanship that he completes with each individual piece. We can be reached at 319-330-1774. Again, 319-330-1774.
2: Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483.
1: Let's start building your dream home today. Once upon a time in the land of the Hawkeyes, a business grew. A business that would become synonymous with real estate. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson of Hawkeye Title and Settlement. When you're buying or selling your home, you'll need title and settlement services. Consider the Hawkeye Title and Settlement team. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust.
2: Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental Team provide superior care
1: for your entire family. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu such as the classic Shepherd's Pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere. That's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at sanctuarypub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave car won't go into gear call premier premier automotive in north liberty offers full service mechanical auto repair in addition to being eastern iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair use premier for all your auto repair needs brakes oil changes air conditioning diagnostics transmissions or preventative maintenance whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear see premier automotive in north liberty when you go to a family restaurant, you want three things. One, a wide selection of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. Two, you want those selections to be affordable and delicious. And three, you want to be treated like family. You get all three at the Midtown Family Restaurant. Breakfast items available anytime the doors are open. Legendary tenderloins, onion rings, and hot roast beef sandwiches. And special ribeye and shrimp nights. Daily specials at each location. And no matter if you're coming in solo or with a group of 20, you get the same special family treatment. The Midtown Family Restaurants at Court and Scott's streets and at the Walmart Plaza on Highway 1 West. Follow them on Facebook or at MidtownFamily.com. The family's waiting for it. GT Car, owner of Supel's Building and Remodeling, has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years. The trained professionals at Supel's Building and Remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job, no matter how big or small. They also stand behind their work and offer no-nonsense, exceptional customer service, from design to completion and beyond. Whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house addition, you'll have the confidence that Supel's Building and Remodeling is committed to quality. Visit Supel's.net. Or call them today at
8: 319-337-2246. If you're looking for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, you should know Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the best selection and pricing on new Fords, Deary Ford is here for you. To work with long-term experienced sales and service reps, Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the highest trade values, Deary Ford is here for you. To provide pickup and delivery and mobile service for our customers, Deary Ford is here is here for you hurry in or shop online at 4com
1: football fans this is bill likes of the Inn. we are on your way to or from the game we're ready to serve you with the same quality food and customer service you've come to trust for over 80 years the Inn is serving our famous sunday brunch buffet with lunch dinner banquets and carry out daily from our Oak family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon in the heart of Amana. The Oxioq.
2: Hawkfanatic.com is back.
3: Back. You're back.
2: If we could only throw and catch. There you go. <laughs> that's that's what I took out of that. <laughs> yeah.
6: And run. Uh-huh. Throw, catch, yeah. and, and run. And block. Yeah. yeah, the running game was a huge disappointment. Oh, man. And I what... I
3: really, and I was wrong. I th- really thought we had turned a corner. And see, I, I needed
6: to see more. Yeah, I know. And I know the box thing is big, but like I've said before, teams get the boxes loaded on them all the time, and they still run. And Iowa was supposed to be this big, power, methodical running team with a huge heart and a chip, and they're just going to push you back. But no, they're not. And if they got so many people in the box,
3: then call something outside of the box, because yep. somebody's got to be open. If they got so many put people, put four whiteouts
6: outside. Leave a running back in there. Then the box isn't loaded. and See if you can run. I mean, but yeah, it's just it's so frustrating. Hello.
9: Hello. Now, I heard some people say. Well, uh, a bunch of the Minnesota players thought that he was saying uh, waving a fair catch. So they stopped running. Did I didn't see that. No, no, I didn't see that.
6: No, they didn't stop running. I mean, I can see Minnesota fans saying that because they're going to defend their narrative. Well, but no, sure. I did not see that. No.
9: And <clears throat> did you listen to Todd's show?
6: Well, I, we're
2: kind of on the air.
6: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not up at 6.30 in the morning. Well,
9: <clears throat> he, was, he was talking about that this was a gift for... <laughs> For parents, because everybody's talking about the bad call instead of the inept inept. Uh, I don't offense. mean to disagree
6: with Todd, but that's not the case. I mean, they're talking about the bad call, but a lot of people are talking about the so offense. They're talking about
9: the inept, uh, yeah. They're talking
6: about the offense. It's all over the place. You see my yeah. Twitter feed, my emails. No, it's the it, offense. It's all over. Yeah.
9: What the heck do you think we can do?
6: I, at this point, I don't know if there is anything they can do. Just... Be happy that you're not any worse overall than the four teams you're playing and be happy that the West sucks and you've got to change. I mean, we do
3: have a chance to win all four I mean, the games, West is terrible. But we have to play so much better you than imagine not
6: being affiliated with either one of those teams and watching that game on TV Saturday? Oh,
3: well, it would no. be uh, like pulling no. teeth. Yeah. Uh,
6: I would uh, no, I, you can't.
3: Yeah.
9: I, I do, you know, I, I sat there the whole time saying, can't we do something? No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, we couldn't.
9: <laughs> I just kept thinking, "Please do something." And then at the end, everybody's hugging everybody, and then we had to unhug. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's hope for something. <laughs> well, you
5: know,
6: uh, yeah, at least we're not the Astros. The Astros can't win at home anymore. They
9: lost again yeah, at home. And I saw that.
2: <laughs> they got killed at home. Kind when you when I get up at three in the morning and get here at five o'clock in the morning. And then uh, if people don't listen uh, to the show with the debt that I have, and I'm old, and and I really need your support.
9: <laughs> hey, I I go back and forth. <laughs> I'm what if <a> <laughs> you're that's, a sports I'll fan? Grab what I that's, can grab.
5: A,
2: that's okay. <laughs> you're a sports fan. We get it. <laughs>
9: Thanks. Well, you guys have a good day. Thanks, Bye. Chris.
3: Right. You know you and you worry about the, the mental state of the team. You hope they can pick themselves back up. And, and they will.
6: I mean, I mean, but yeah, you worry about it. But I, like I said, though, I'm not gonna over. I'm not gonna exaggerate the bad. Just like you can't do it with the good because it's never as bad or good, it seems. I, the, just got to let this thing play out. I, I, my 10-2, and two, I'm not feeling as confident about that now. I, no. I mean, I just think that this offense may cost them. I mean, Nebraska's playing all right right no, now. No,
3: the offense did cost them.
6: The Yeah, and Nebraska's playing okay right now. That game's there. I'm not feeling really optimistic nope. about well, that they game They
3: beat anymore. us here last year, Yeah, and the West was on the line for And Iowa. Rutgers
6: is 6-2 and two now. I mean, Yeah. So, I mean, that's but not still, a, but a, think about the teams we're building up, Nebraska and so, Rut- right That's there. why this thing is there for the taking. That game Saturday was there for the taking, but the offense is so bad they can't take anything. But I'm also a guy that peed on myself at the game by mistake. <laughs> Can I share that story? Sure. You know, I had a well, button-down button shirt on. I'm wearing jeans and a button-down, and I didn't have it tucked in, and I'm, you know, relieving myself myself. And I'm like, hey, something doesn't feel right. And I look down, and I'm peeing on my shirt. So then I had to, you know me, the germaphobe that I had. I went right into action. I took, got hot water, got the shirt part that got peed on under hot water, put a little soap on it, and treated myself. But then I went back out to the press box, and my shirt was all wet. What do you think of that? I'm sitting here ripping the Iowa offense, and I'm actually the one that peed down his leg.
5: Hello?
6: I peed down my leg, and the offense, did they do the same? They did.
10: I was about to say, at least it didn't go down your leg. No, it
6: it didn't. It just was on the corner of my shirt, but it bugged me the rest of the night. I was never the same.
10: Oh, I got
6: to go. I peed myself.
8: Okay.
6: I mean, I got nothing to hide.
8: Hello? You know, one of the things, uh, that last possession that ended in an an interception, third down, we finally get a timeout. We're we're in the huddle, or excuse me, everyone's on the side. The same routine as always where the quarterback is over there warming up. They throw to a receiver. That receiver throws it to Labus. Labus throws it to a receiver back and forth. It wasn't until eight seconds left before that that, that timeout was over before Brian went up and even talked to Deacon. You'd think you'd be talking about, okay, here are the next three plays. This, is, If you see this, this is what you do. If you see this, this is what you do. And it wasn't until eight seconds until that timeout was over that anyone, indie any coaches, went over and talked to our, our two quarterbacks there.
6: Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know no what no that means. Of, no
8: sense of urgency, but that's kind of their routine. And that's why I'm like, you know, even during that last drive, you, you, they stick with their routine and there's no sense of urgency.
6: Well, um, at least like, the way we interpret it. To them, they may explain it differently. We don't know. But I see what you're saying. I, But we don't know if that's not them having a sense of urgency. I mean, may, I don't know. They probably
3: it, needed that long to come up with the yeah, play w- that they wanted to run. And then maybe it
6: only took him four or five. So, okay, you're going to run blah, blah, blah as he was walking down the field. I don't know. I get what you're saying. It does look peculiar. But we're also kind of assuming we know what they're discussing. Which and we, we don't. don't. Which we don't. That's all I'm saying. But I get we what you're saying. We
8: absolutely don't know. But what but, but we do know is that the quarterback wasn't part of that discussion until at the end of the timeout. But so, yeah, I no, I get
6: what you're saying, but I don't know if that's good or bad. We don't know if that means he didn't have enough information, but it does look a little weird. I will say that. Yeah. All right. So. All right. <laughs> say something. <laughs> what do you want? I want you, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to contribute.
2: I just was uh, just thinking of uh, after the game, throwing the rope over the rafter and, <laughs>
6: Going for our uh, rickety wooden chair. You take it that serious? <clears throat> See, luckily, I don't anymore. I mean, yeah, of I course I didn't it take sucked. it that. A... I know you're kidding. I, but I yeah, mean, I
8: mean,
2: you want them to it win. It just was...
6: It's better for business, although this past... I mean, <coughs> business was pretty good after Saturday, as far as traffic because people wanted to read and vent, especially... I mean, I, you, you try not to be too critical, but it's kind of hard.
3: It's hard to not be.
6: I mean, because the theme of my... Sh- from Saturday was that the offense finally cost them a game they should have won. Yeah, it's easy to blame the official. That call it's maybe even justifiable to do so, but they shouldn't have been in that position. If the offense had just been semi-functional, they would have won that game because Minnesota didn't play that. When you pile on on
2: both of them, then then you really do get, yeah, the offense was awful and that that call was bull-ass. Well, it it was, was. but they
6: got to do something with the rule because there's a lot... I've read a lot of, on both sides, people explaining why they agreed, but there's been a lot of really qualified people saying they made the right call.
3: But they don't ever call it.
6: But that's the problem is what I'm saying. It's the rule... it's not necessarily – it's how the rule is treated, how it's perceived, how it's reacted Didn't on. Didn't he take away
2: another touchdown we had last year? Well, the that Jack official. Campbell one. And, yeah. But I
6: think he did step out of bounds. I mean, I, I don't know how – I don't know. I'm not i am not going to say this official's out to get Iowa. No, stuff, he's – But that's one bank. of the theories that's out check there. Check his bank. account. I mean, oh, there was people tweeting, this is the <laughs> yeah. same guy that called – you know, people doing that to bring yeah. attention yeah. to themselves on Twitter to bring conspiracy. Yeah. I don't buy any of that crap, but wh- who knows? I mean – i would like to think that this official was trying to be fair and objective he made a call that we didn't agree with
10: hello what does that say about joey if he's not any better than deacon could he play it even like an scs team well,
6: well he picked iowa over not. Max. didn't he pick iowa over max schools yes yeah so yeah i must say that he hasn't progressed as you had hoped
9: all right, thanks. I mean, that's I guess, the only way I can explain it. I guess. Because,
6: I mean, Deacon Hill was headed to Fordham for a reason, guys. I don't want to be a Deacon basher because he is a nice guy, but I think he's in over his head right now. I, I think he's just agree not more. ready to handle the challenge of being a Big Ten quarterback in this league, but it's not his fault that the coaches are playing him.
2: Well, and it's not his fault that the receivers don't count.
6: Well, I thought Don said something pretty interesting. Don's going to be real careful on who he You know, he still loves Hawkeye football. He goes over to practice. He's not going to throw Kirk. He did bring up something interesting, though, about the routes by the receivers because I have noticed a lot of rounding out of routes instead of sharp cuts, and that makes a big difference because it looks like the quarterback wants to throw on some of those sidelines, but they're not open. Well, isn't
3: that being taught?
6: I would think so. Yes, it's being taught, but... That's what I'm saying. I don't want to throw the players under the bus, but I do think some of this is execute everyone oh, for wants, sure. Everyone wants to, oh God, the moment oh, we absolutely. get Brian out of here, everything No, this is a third no, offensive quarter. Absolutely. Coordinator. I think this is more I, I, I think a big part of it's it's a combination of executing a antiquated system. Poor execution of an antiquated system and then what Equals, you have is this, this, um, success. Yes. Th- this I mean our the worst offense in FBS football. Hello.
2: He's,
10: Hello. So yesterday, I looked through all of Iowa's opponents so far this year mm-hmm. and then looked at how those teams, all the teams they played, how many total yards they had.
5: Uh-huh.
10: And the amount of teams that Iowa is below that should not happen is insane. There are multiple SPS teams, Delaware, UMass, and I was under them in yeah. the games they played. So this caused me to text my friend, who is a quarterback at another Big Ten school, starting quarterback, and I asked him. You know, he's played Iowa. You know, I know he's not on defense, but he's, you know, he gets the idea of what Iowa football is. So I text him. What's wrong with Iowa football? What is wrong with the offense? Because, like, recruiting, the players aren't much worse than the rest of the Big Ten West. It's not better. And he said, this is his response. I don't know. They're just awful. What, what is wrong? Well, that wasn't much well, help. I could have I I yeah, said yeah, that. I could have told you that, and, and I, I don't know anything.
6: And I peed on myself. I could have told you that.
10: There's, like, I really believe there are multiple FCS schools that if they just took their offense, their coaching staff brought them into Iowa just for offense, Iowa would be better off. And that's insane. FCS schools.
6: Sorry. Well, well I don't to know that you're wrong. I mean, North Dakota State won here. Yeah.
10: Yeah. I mean, like not even good FCS schools, like Delaware. I mean, I don't know how good Delaware is, but they have more yards. They have much more yards against Penn State. There's a lot of schools. You just, I, I thought that was interesting. If you guys go and look at a, uh, oh, I look
6: at the stats. Them. Oh yeah, yeah they're, they're, sure. averaging like and they're, they're averaging like 200. They're averaging like 220 yards a game. I mean, it's the, they're yeah, the worst they, statistical yeah. offense in the country. FCS, and it's not close. No, it's not even close. No, I'm with you. We we, we feel the pain, frustration.
10: The uh, – Bottom, bo- was bottom four in uh, passing yards in the country, right next to Army, Navy, and Air Force. Mm-hmm. Soon enough, uh, okay. Iowa students are going to have to start enlisting. There you go. All right. Thanks. I'll see you Thanks. Later.
6: Yep. No, it's tough.
3: That does say something, though. With the three service
6: <laughs> <laughs> who are all running schools now. Yes. <laughs> I think um, Air Force. I don't know if they won this week, but I think they're undefeated. I think they're six or seven and zero. Oh. Last night well, they have a decent team. Well, they always that's their offense. None yeah. of those service teams throw the ball really and, and Iowa wants to be balanced, and yet it can't be either.
0: Hello. hey guys, um I'm going to say
6: something, and I don't it's
0: probably not a popular thing to say, all right, but
2: um, come
6: to the right place..
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were listening to Todd this morning. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah so um, what what would it take in this next bye week? <clears throat> to do the unthinkable by some Hawkeye fans, and just ask Spencer if he's got anything left in the tank. Spencer's, Spencer's not in school. school. He's hurt.
6: No, he's not in school. Oh, he's hurt. But he's hurt, too. But still, but it doesn't matter. He's not enrolled in classes, whether he's healthy okay, or not. I thought, he's not enrolled in classes.
0: I thought it was said that he that he, he could still play or something. Oh, like he that, could, but he's class. not
6: enrolled in classes. He decided, no. He's he's. I think he's just working for the football team now for a little oh, let's but yeah, no. Him up he's... with
0: some home ec classes this week. And...
6: But yeah, that ship has sailed since he did not enroll for the fall semester.
3: Home oh, ec isn't easy either. Uh, okay, <laughs> caller. Then, uh, if Spencer were available, were in school, he did, does have the eligibility. He's would better you, than. Would he's... you want him?
6: He's better than Deacon Hill. Oh, sure. Spencer's better that, than that, Deacon that's
3: Hill. That's my point. That's and my point. W- and would you want him to be playing them? Yeah, I, I would. Yes, think
0: I, about I've that. never Think, had a think where we are now. I know. Yeah.
6: Think where we are right now. I,
0: guys, I, I never had a problem with
3: Spencer Petras.
6: I didn't have I a big problem one. with him. Now, he did miss a lot of open targets. He time, did. But he never had anything working around him. No.
3: Well, neither does um, Deacon.
6: No.
0: But Deacon Deacon looks, uh, I mean, I, I don't know the guy. don't know the kid. I'm, I mean, that, he, he looks lost. He looks scared. This, some of them throws when he needs to get rid of the ball, his mechanics. He's got the ball down by his crotch. It's got to be high and tight, man. He is all over the place. And if you look at Nate Stanley,
6: that's... Nate Stanley had great stats, yep. but Nate Stanley also had some pretty good receivers. Yes, he, he had did. Hawkinson he did. had a fan, Brandon Smith, Amir Smith-Marset. He had some pretty good receivers. And Nate, and I went and looked. Nate never even made third-team all Big Ten, but he did throw for 8,200 yards. I mean, he had good stats. No, I liked your that's article. That's the last time the offense – Nate's problem was he, didn't, he beat Ohio State, but – he never, like, they followed the Ohio State game with the big egg at Wisconsin where he had, like, 40 yards passing. It was incredible. He had too many of those. But, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Deacon's in over his head right now.
0: And I don't know, guys. I, I mean, I understand the whole thing about practice and whatever. but practice. man, Yeah, some, exactly. Sometimes there's a deal where, man, I, I don't care what happens on Tuesday. I want to know what happens when the lights are on on Saturday. And, I understand how you say like he's done this in practice or he's done whatever, but I, I, I would, if I could ask Kirk Ferentz one question, and I, I get where he's coming from and everything he says, but my question would be, okay, but what has the kid done that has resulted to deserve another start or to do it? Okay, I well, mean, listen, three- Kirk was asked.
6: Kirk was asked after the game. Deacon was six for twenty-one a few weeks ago. Now ten of twenty-eight. You've shown a reluctance to go to Joe or Kirk so on that topic i'll say this for 25 years we watch guys in practice and we evaluate what they do in practice and moving forward certainly game performance is a big part of it but you know if it's close neck and neck that type of thing then you rotate guys and take a look at them that's kirk right there saying the gap between deacon and joe is not close why we don't know because we don't see practice well obviously we know joe must not be playing well in practice and then kirk goes i don't think we're insane you go with what you see in practice And you know, try to make the best decisions at all positions, not just quarterback. Obviously, quarterback is one that attracts the attention. But I'm standing here right now. We'll see what next week brings out. But I'm trying to think of the history since i've been here how many you know we had in 08 back and forth with two guys cj and jake went back and forth for a little bit but typically there's a clear one and a clear two i'm not saying that in a demeaning way to the guy that's two but that's what it is and you kind of go from there that's kurt couldn't be any more clear without just throwing him under the bus that joe Labus hasn't earned the right to play in practice that's how i interpret that Uh you guys
3: I suppose so, but he couldn't be worse on game day, could he?
6: I guess Kirk must believe what he sees in practice means he could be worse than what they, which is pretty horrifying if you think about that.
3: I mean, we've only <laughs> seen him in one game, and Joey Labus was champion. not terrible. He's no, a he bowl didn't really. Champion,
6: do, he didn't really do anything. He, he he, he did throw a touchdown pass against uh, uh, how many deep starters was Kentucky? Of course, missing that was on? Lachey, wasn't it? He threw it to Luke Lachey. How oh, many starters was Kentucky missing on game? A deep? bunch,
3: like eight. But,
6: yeah, that's Kirk just saying, guys, you know, we're at practice every day. We want to play the best. Joe hasn't earned the right to play. But to me, at some point, you do kind of what they did with Chuck Hartley. The guy – if the guys – Dan McGuire just was not getting it done on game day. I don't care how great he looked during practice. And Hayden finally said, okay, let's throw Hartley in there. All of a sudden, Hartley proved to them better game player than practice player. And they stuck with it. I'm not saying that's Labus. But to me, it's to the point now where Deacon has been so bad at times – why not throw Labus in for a series or two in the first half and just see what he does? Maybe he'll catch lightning in a bottle that day. I mean, Labus is actually more, he can at least move, Deacon can't really even move the pocket, you know, and so, but it's it's tough.
0: I just, real quick on something you said there, Pat, and and I agree, and then I'll, I'll let you guys go, is is what you're saying about, like, how horrifying is that? that he, If he's not, you know, if he's showing that he's not, not as at the level or, as him in practice, and you're seeing what the result is with this one. Mm-hmm. That, that is that is that is scary.
6: No, it, it is a little disconcerting. So, yeah, I mean, but I've got to take Kirk for his word. Yeah. And I had somebody rip me. Oh, here you are ripping Ferentz a week ago. I, a week ago, I did believe that Kirk Ferentz should be on the midseason. Hey, thanks for the call. That doesn't change anything. I mean, I believe that he should be on the midseason. They were 6-1 and one at the time. But I also believe that his offense could end up costing them what has a chance to be a pretty good season. I mean – they I mean they're walking a tightrope right Cost now. Cost them a game with this offense. And that is their seventh loss since the start of last season. You know, they won that bowl game last year, kind of put a ribbon on what was a pretty bad season. Yep. And they went seven and five during the regular season with a great defense and great special teams. They might go eight and four this year with a machine at punter and another great defense and it's all because of the offense and I'm not saying Kirk needs to over Kirk at this stage in his career is not going to overhaul his offense he can't because they'd have to change their whole recruiting philosophy how they recruit what they recruit but he's got to I think at the end of this season if things keep going this way sit down and ask himself you know I could I can do better at this we can be doing doesn't better. work at all and whether it's his son as the offensive coordinator I I I mean, some people are convinced the only reason Brian is still here is because he's Kirk's son. I don't know. Kirk stuck with Greg Davis through a lot of thick and thin. He's—I mean, fans wanted O'Keefe out at times. No, for sure. Kirk's pretty loyal. He doesn't like getting rid of staff. But vibration. we have never been the worst. No, no the last these last two years, the, sl- the last what is it now? They've played 21 games, 13 last year. A, the last 21 games have taken this to an all new low to where it's gonna be interesting to see how he reacts to this. It is so bad. Hello.
0: Just a couple points, guys. First of all, I love the show. And Thank then you. uh for instance, he he's earned my respect so much that he can do whatever he wants and I'll and I'll follow him wherever. But but as far as the quarterbacks, I hearkened to the Chicago Bears yesterday. They put in a a division two quarterback who brought the extra energy to him and he takes him down the field multiple times and gave that whole offense just a whole new complexion. So I don't know if that would be in anybody's thinking. But then the other one is with with Lavis. I, I think I, I think he deserves a shot. But I think Kirk's earned the right to do whatever the heck he wants, obviously. So that's all, guys. Thanks. Well, Okay. And
3: fair enough. Okay, that's
6: – No, I agree with that that Kirk is earned the right now. At some point, though, if the offense keeps just doing the – at some point you've got to address the offense. But he's sinking
3: coordinate. his own ship.
6: Yes, with his son. With his son. I offense. think the fact that it's his son has, has made this even more complicated and harder for Kirk to figure out how to move forward. I don't know if that caller meant that when you say Kirk has deserved the right – I mean, if they end up going seven and – let's say they end up going eight and five again this year and the offense is just dead last. I mean, does Kirk have the right to keep making his son the offensive coordinator in your eyes?
3: He's your head coach. He has the right to make the decisions.
6: Yeah. But would you agree with keeping Brian?
3: Not at all. But the head coach makes But also, do you believe that somebody –
6: But Well, not – I mean, somebody could step into Kirk and say, no, Brian's out. You're done. There's nobody okay, – Who could, who is that bad? Well, that would be the AD, but yeah. she's an interim AD right now, and a lot of Iowa fans are convinced, oh, everyone's afraid of Kirk. Or not. I mean, what I'm saying is a coach does not have unlimited power. He's not a dictator.
3: Well, I mean, at some point, yeah,
6: I mean, to say that Kirk can do whatever he wants. I don't agree with that. I don't agree that he
3: hire whoever he wants. Well, that's
6: still got to be approved. I don't think Kirk could go get Mill Tucker right now to go coach on his defense. I think somebody would take a stand. I think there's limits to what a coach can do. And what I'm saying is, when does it get to the point with Brian where it's bad enough to where somebody steps in and says, hey, no, enough. I'm not saying that it's going to be there. But if they end up going 8-5, and five, I mean, they're not going to sell out their games next year. Not at all. They won't. And that's when it's going to be an issue. I think the transfer portal saved them this year. Just the hope from what was coming from the transfer portal. But a year from now, Cade McNamara will be old news. And that's no knock on him. But that won't help to draw tickets a year yeah. from now. So, it's going to be interesting. At some point, there is a limit to what Kirk can do. Somebody over there does have control over him. He does have people he has to answer to, is what and I'm that saying. That is true. Is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying Brian should be fired during the bye week. The in-season firings are stupid. No, and I don't believe All that. All I'm saying is after the season, if this continues, Kirk's got to do some serious soul-searching on how he plans to move forward because he's destroying his own offense in some ways, and... Doesn't seem to recognize it or want to recognize it, and maybe it's because there's so much pressure for him to keep Brian. Pressure that we're not aware about to keep Brian as the coordinator, you know? Because you know, to fire pressure Brian, from. Well, if you're firing Brian, you're firing your wife's son. Yeah, you know, so there, there's a lot of Mary. So it. Could be family. I'm not just <laughs> saying Mary. We be. don't know. I mean, but no, we don't know. I mean, but the moment you made Brian your offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, you put yourself in a tough situation because some people say you should never hire somebody you can't fire, and Right now, it looks like Kirk's in a situation. I mean, we still got the more of the season play. I'm not like I said. I'm not saying Brian Ferent should be fired right now, but something's got to change on offense, guys. Or eventually, this is going to just self. Well, I agree
3: one thousand percent. This is going to self
6: destruct. But I don't know if they got rid of Brian Ferent and brought somebody else in. I don't see the offense changing that much.
3: Well, uh, uh, unless Kirk says okay, make the changes that you. But need what, what are they going to change? Which he
6: won't. Well, plus, I mean, how are you going to do it with the personnel they have? Okay, let's go for a spread offense. Here's your receivers. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to do that with the way they recruit? I mean, I just I, – I don't know. Well, I,
3: I don't think you can.
6: Right now they can. You're, I mean, it's hard enough for Wisconsin. You see how their offense has been struggling to try to run a different scheme or whatever, but I, I don't know what the end game is here. I don't know how they're going to fix this thing. And, But we'll see. I mean, it's so hard to talk about it now because we could be talking about a – we could be talking about a seven and five or eight and four team or a ten and two team. We'll have to wait and see what it turns out to be. Yeah, that's right. So, but but it's frustrating. I mean, Saturday's game, the the performance of the offense was just
3: it, it, it was inexcusable. Abysmal.
6: I mean, Is fans should expect enough? more. Yes. I mean fans have a right to expect more from an offense and the fact that it's father son just complicates it and makes it so much more awkward than it would be awkward enough just with a normal situation. Yeah, it would. But no there were some fire Brian chants they weren't as loud as the Michigan State game but they were out there I heard some of them and I, I didn't just, hear them. It's just um well, you didn't hear the Michigan State ones, did you? Yes. A, yeah, yes, but no, I did. there were some because I mean, we heard them, and some people pointed them out, in the, and I think that was mostly coming from the student section.
3: I just said I didn't hear it from my section. But if
6: you're a student, I mean, are you gonna? Do you want to come and watch this team right now? I mean, defense and punting are fun to, for a while, but after a while, and unfortunately, entertainment is part of it. I mean, everyone says, well, it's not an entertainment business. Well, yeah, it is, because TV's running it.
2: You know, I don't understand why they say that either. It is part of entertainment. Sports is entertainment. Whether that's
6: fair or not, I'm not saying it's fair or not, but sports is part of the entertainment. Kirk will say, well, I'm not paid to entertain, I'm paid to win games. Okay, well, Saturday you didn't win, and you didn't entertain either. I mean, their offense is tough to watch.
3: It is. And, you know, but look, when Donnie got done, and we were talking on the break, you know, And you and I looked at each other, and neither of us thought that Iowa was going to go down and kick a field goal and win that game. No. Even though there was plenty of oh, time. There was
6: plenty of time. Everyone acts like the game was over when the punt got away. No, it wasn't. No. They only needed like 20, 30... Foot- What, 25, 30 yards? And they
3: hadn't done it all day. And And they they had a minute and 21 seconds. And And how
6: many timeouts did they have? Two? Two, I think. A lot of teams would have gotten into field goal range. Iowa didn't have a chance. No. And I said to myself under my breath, it's going to end in an interception. He's going to force it. He forced it into double coverage. And Minnesota's got really good defensive backs. That Wally, they who they intercepted do. that ball. Tyler Newbin's a first-round pick. They have really good defensive backs. Their defense brought it. They played hard. They did. They, they did. And, you know, you could tell how much getting that pig meant to them. They hadn't had it for a while. But poor Floyd now. Although, you know, he's up in Minneapolis now. Yeah. Minneapolis, Iowa City. I mean, he'll he'll find some happiness up there, I guess. But just hate to have him not be here. Up
2: there with Mace.
6: He's probably – is he as tall as Mace? <laughs> You guys are always mean about his height, can't I be? And I've heard Mace be mean to me on this shit. I'll turn you guys on and Mace will be throwing me under the bus.
2: Oh, yeah. He's been known to well, do that. So Mace is no pro- throwing everybody well, under the bus. Well, Mace could fit under the
6: bus. You wouldn't have to throw him. you just place him under the bus. How are we doing there? Corn.
3: <laughs> just uh, get Floyd some brown sows and he'll be happy.
6: Deacon Blues, that song kind of works right now, doesn't yeah. it? yeah. I may have to go home and crank that. No, it's sad and Deacon Hill does seem like a good kid. I hate to see him struggling like this and but it but it's also big time college football. These guys are 20. They can take a little criticism. I you know, I hate it when I hear well these are just kids. I mean, I don't ever take personal shots at players, but if the quarterback's not playing well...
3: Then put another one in. Y-
6: but you can also write about it, that the quarterback's not playing well. well. yeah, I mean, I mean... you got a job to do. I mean, you just can't sugarcoat everything.
3: Well, these are just kids that can enlist
2: in the Army. At, yeah. I never did, you know, I mean, yeah, they are kids. Uh, I consider everybody under 40 kids, but... You know?
3: Okay, Steve. I, I mean, you will say every time. Well, I don't know as much about football as you guys do, and you say it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, how, how's Deacon look to you? Terrible. Okay. How's the offense look?
6: Off. Oh wait. Uh, worse news. than Deacon. Wrigley Field kickoff time two thirty. Okay. okay.
2: No, it's it's no, it's terrible. It really is terrible. But I don't have to know about football to know it's
6: terrible. Okay, who was worse Saturday, the offensive line or Deacon?
3: Um, The offensive line because that affects what Deacon does also.
6: And it's also a group of guys working together. Uh,
3: Yes, and we got no running attack whatsoever. Nothing. And what do we have, two yards in the second half? Yeah. And seriously, two two yards. yards.
6: Yeah, and here's the stat. And I granted Deacon's Deacon's, um, loss is figured into this, but... Iowa rushing stats, um, 28 carries, 11 yards. Let's see. Caleb Johnson. That, that's not even half yard per carry. Yeah, it's 0. 0.4. <laughs> Caleb's longest run, 5. LaShawn's long, longest run, 5. Jay-Z and Patterson's longest run, 2. So all the backs are healthy. And um, I don't know. They. It's just – I didn't expect them to be this bad. I just wasn't convinced that the running game was back because they've had too many games this year where the running game just – has been non-existent. Didn't, they didn't run the ball against Utah State. They no. didn't run the ball against Iowa State. They ran the ball against an overmatched Western Michigan team. And then they um, had these last two games. Purdue has been just really inconsistent with um, its defense. And against Wisconsin they did get that long run that gave them a lot of it makes me wonder yeah okay that was an aberration kind of a fluke because if you take away that long run then the stats aren't near as consistent what my problem with Iowa's running game even when it's clear there's just no consistency to it even when they have games where they have a lot of yards it seems like okay yeah they had that 60 yard runner but there's just so many plays and like Dallas Jones always says like first down lots of times they'll get hit for that no gain or maybe and um Or if they throw on first down and it's incomplete, you know almost always they're running on second down. And Dallas called it like six times the other day. They incomplete on first down, and they ran on second down. He's like, they're going to run right tackle because of the way the tight ends. And we're calling that. And it's, you know, the defense knows that. Now I know the argument is, well, if you're good enough, it doesn't matter if you're predictable. Well, they're not good enough. No.
0: Hello. Uh, Desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, You've got this two weeks. I would move Cooper to quarterback.
6: That's just not It's no. not as easy. I know what you're saying, but it's just not that easy. I mean, it, I, hey, it, how much
3: worse could it be? It could well, be but worse. we're pretty thin at cor- cornerback, thin too. Thin at
6: cornerback, too, and it, it could be worse. I'm just saying. I mean, Cooper was a great high school quarterback, could throw the ball, but it's just not that simple. Do I think they should use him on offense maybe a little bit? Sure. I mean, why not? But if you can't get in the ball, what's it going to matter? But to put Cooper in and all of a sudden have him become a pocket passer – I mean, I think no. that's asking a little bit too no. much. That's just my opinion.
0: No, I didn't say make him a, co- a pocket passer. I just
6: what, just have him and run and get action. killed?
0: No,
3: no, play action. Yeah, well,
6: yeah. well, you can't have play action if you can't run. I mean, the, the, I mean, they don't have any play well, action.
3: They have to be bite run. on the run. But they're face. not
6: going to have play action with Cooper just because he's in a quarterback. Why, why would they have play action? They can't. It wouldn't work.
4: Well, I, I think
0: it's worth a try. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. Well, no, you're, you're entitled yeah. to your opinion. I yeah. just I'll i have to disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, it's just that's... not that simple. No.
6: Oh, and there's a lot of people saying it, but, they, you know, because the legend of Cooper DeGene, I get it. But it's just not that simple. If you want to put him in the wildcat and let him run a field, but eventually that's going to get solved, and they're going to kill him. You know, I mean, and you can't take him away. Deshaun Lee's been hurt. They don't have much proven depth at cornerback right now. They need him on defense. I get what the caller's saying. It just doesn't seem real practical.
3: N- no, I don't think so. Well, we got a rapper well let's do it well, and uh what, big sh-
6: rest of the show we've got big big things going on yeah what do you got hey, cops hey lang goodbye oh, oh you're hope- done and, you're leaving no cops today no lang
3: no, no cops no lang let's hope the hawks get all healed up in the next two weeks and come up with a good plan to beat northwestern and then maybe we can all sweeten up a little
6: should we take this last call <laughs> dare we I'm I okay. point Tom. Out, day by day, we'll see what happens. Hello? I'm not going to assume anything good or bad.
8: Hello. Yeah. Did, have you guys uh, talked about putting Dejean in a receiver?
6: <laughs> no, just quarterback.
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put him in as a receiver. Let him. Well, it's been him. discussed.
6: I've written about it. Kirk's addressed it. Kirk just says it would be too disruptive. It would also take away from what they need on defense. And that he doesn't think the reward would be worth the risk, is kind of how he described
8: I'll- it. How the hell would that be
6: disruptive? I'm just going by what the the head coach said.
3: Well, because you're taking one of your best defensive players out of the defense, defensive scheme.
6: No, he's saying just play him all the time. I mean, yeah, you could just leave him on the field. You risk injury, but Kirk just says, I mean, like you said, I don't see the problem in doing this, but they're so far away from completing passes to receivers. What is Cooper DeGene going to do if the ball doesn't get to him?
8: Exactly. Well, that's, that's true. They need to work with that quarterback. Let that second guy, and you guys have been saying that, try another quarterback. But I still think if you put Dejean at a receiver, um, he's like a deer he can run all day. And if you, if you step on the field, you have a chance no, to get hurt anytime, time. Any, any Okay, point. here's
9: where so, I go.
2: I don't know anything about football, but you can't run all day.
6: No. <laughs> Not even a Kenyan can. No. They quick.
2: can come
3: close.
6: Oh, can yeah, come we, close. You know. yeah, we need That to guy almost get. broke two. No, they don't yes, need it. That guy almost broke two two hours on the. We marathon.
2: seriously need a kid in this. <laughs>
6: but they're more distance. They need more they quick twitch guys in space. I get what this caller's saying, but I think we got to be a little realistic about things. Cooper DeJean's great. Don't get me wrong. I've said earlier why not throw a package in there, but now the passing game is so bad. I think it would almost be what what could he do if the ball's ten feet over his head or it doesn't get to him? I mean,
3: or it's never thrown
6: or it's never thrown or if he's double covered or I mean, I I just I, I, I just don't think it's that easy, but I get what fans are saying. They want to see something different. I think they're what they're saying is what we're witnessing is insanity, just doing the same thing over and over and expecting the results to change. That's where we are with the Iowa offense, but that's where they've been since the start of last season.
3: Well hopefully they can figure some things out in the next two weeks.
6: And making Brian the quarterback coach was not a wise move. No. I think it seems pretty obvious that that's not Well working. he
3: said himself
2: I, I no don't experience. know anything about it.
6: Yeah, that'd like be making me an algebra
2: teacher. Yeah, he also said he didn't know nothing about birth and no baby.
3: Well and he's not a gynecologist either. <laughs> yeah, so all right, well we gotta <laughs>
6: anyway. wrap up. Everybody enjoy the weather. I thought it was supposed to rain.
3: Well, it's good.
6: <laughs> I know it could, but it doesn't look like rain now. I'm going to um, go enjoy the weather.
3: Many thanks to Coach Donnie Patterson for joining us. Uh, Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.